everybody uh, to Discovery. Uh, if this is your first time here, my name is John. My wife and I get this amazing uh, privilege opportunity to lead this community that we call Discovery. And uh, as Mikey said, this is our first week, our first day of our 21 days of prayer. We Every August and every uh, January, we set aside 21 days to to pray in January, we set aside 21 days to pray and fast together as a community. We've done that since the very beginning of our existence, and we're not stopping now. So, uh, so you guys came at a great time today, and uh, I just want to reiterate what Mikey said that uh, this coming Saturday we have Serve Day, and it's going to be phenomenal. We have shirts for you if you sign up today. So uh, that was a plug, right? That works, yeah. Okay, um, and so, uh, so if you want a serve shirt, uh, you got to sign up today because we're getting those uh, freshly made, brand new design shirt. You've never seen them before. They're going to be amazing, and uh, we can't wait for that. Thank you, Will. And so, yeah, we're excited about that. Um, let's see, am I missing anything? Am I missing anything? Am I missing anything? I don't think so. So this is the first time that I've preached in six weeks, so... Uh, <laughs> So bear with me. It might be a little rough at the beginning, but we'll, we'll make it through, and then we can head to Applebee's afterwards, and it'll be phenomenal, phenomenal. So for the next three weeks, we're going to be uh, looking at the story of, uh, of Jesus going into the wilderness. Do you guys remember that story? Like It says that the Spirit led Jesus to the wilderness to pray, to fast. And, and so this week, we're talking about this idea like, hey, God is... Uh, Sometimes God leads us into seasons of prayer and fasting. Next week, we're going to learn as, as uh, you read through the story, uh, Jesus is tempted three times by, by the devil. And so just FYI, when you jump into this 21 days of prayer, it probably will be a little rough at the beginning. But you got to push through it. Come on, somebody. And so that's going to be next week. And then after the three temptations, it says that Jesus was led and, uh, and, and that's when he began his ministry. And so I think that God has something for each and every person sitting in this room. Hey, also welcome online, our online community, for those that are joining us online. Yeah, we can just welcome them. Um, but God has something for each and every one of us. And it's amazing how, how it Jesus had to be led into the wilderness, had to grow, go through some things in order to grow to the next season. And so I think that God has a lot in store for us, for you, for me. Um, and that's what we're praying for during these uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting, that God would reveal himself to us. Amen. So uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 1 through 2. I'm just going to read this. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hangry. You know it was hangry. If they had that translation back, it would have been like hangry. Because like when you don't eat for 40 days, you're not just hungry, you hangry. And so we're going to start there. So let's pray, and we'll jump into it. Father, we love you. God, I thank you so much for today. God, I thank you for this amazing opportunity that we have to come together as a community uh, of people of different backgrounds, different nationalities, Father, that we can come as a melting pot here as with, with the idea like, God, we just, wanna, uh, we just want you to change us, to transform us. God, we want to leave here different. 
not so that we can change the, or not, not for our own benefits, but so that we can change the world around us. God, we love you so much in Jesus' name. Come on, everyone said amen, amen. Hey, by the way, uh, next week, I believe our, our restrooms will be, our new restrooms will be ready to be used next Sunday. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that took a little bit, but it's all good. Um, but uh, speaking about waiting, and, and do you guys realize that, um, that school season is about to begin? Right? Like it's about to begin. Summer's ending and school is starting. And all the students in here are like, right? Like, no school. And it's funny because my kids, they actually think that I enjoy school season. They, they, they actually think that I get delight of having to, to get them ready for school. Can I say this? And maybe you're a better parent than I am. Like, I hate the school year. You know what I'm saying? Like, I hate having to get my kids ready for bed early. I hate structure. I hate routine. Like, I hate having to wake them up. You're going to be late for school. School starts in two minutes, right? Like, um, like I, I just, I hate, I don't like that process of school. And so, so I'm thinking about this, like, this idea, like, school, my, actually, my kids, to be honest, my kids started school um, Two weeks ago, they do a year-round school, and, um, and so, like, I've kind of been in the routine of getting my kids ready for school, but, like, I got to tell you, I love summer. I love winter break. I love spring break because I don't care when they go to bed. I don't care when they wake up. I don't care if they eat breakfast. Come on. I don't care if they eat lunch. Hey, watch this, watch this, watch this. I don't even care if they brush their teeth. <laughs> Like, I don't care. I don't care. It's summer. It's summer. Like I, like, like, I don't care. But all of a sudden, when summer ends, when that break time ends, man, oh, man, all of a sudden, it's like restarting. You know what I'm saying? Like, all of a sudden, like, I'm doing, like, a week before my kids start school, I'm like, hey, guys, we got to go to bed early. But school hasn't started. Shut up, right? Like, it started in my head. And, uh, and, and so, like, we're, 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 like, a week prior to school, like, I'm getting them ready because I have to, like, get in my head. Like, I got to restart, right? I, I have to, like, I have to, to, to get in my head and my mind, okay, school's starting. Let's start again. Let's get ready to put them to bed early. Let's get ready to wake them up early. Let's get ready to brush their teeth, right? Like, I'm just, I'm having to get them ready. Like, I have to have, like, this restart in order to be ready for when school starts. Now, here's why I'm telling you this is because I think the same is true when it comes to our communication between us and God, right? Like we all need a sense of restarting our communication with Jesus. Come on. Because here, like a lot of us here, we're working 40 plus hours a week. Some of you guys are doing 17 units. Like some of you are parenting. Some of like God knows how busy, how chaotic life can be. And there will be moments in life where we can go days, weeks, months, oh my God, years without ever once communicating with God. 
And I've realized that they're like in these seasons of just like life is so busy, like we got to learn to restart and refresh. And that's really what our 21 days of prayer is. It's, it's this opportunity for us to like in the middle of the chaos of life to intentionally pause and spend time communicating with, with Jesus. And so, again, starting today until uh, August 21st, we, we have a theme. And uh, for the next 21 days, every morning at 8 o'clock, you can go on Instagram, Facebook, maybe Facebook. Facebook? Yeah, Facebook. Um, YouTube, for those of you that don't have social media, uh, YouTube, uh, our website. And we're going to have a, a daily devotional. I don't think any of them are longer than four minutes. I think that's even pushing it. And just an opportunity to, like, intentionally, like, join together and pray. And, uh, and so this is going to be a great opportunity for us to do that. Because prayer is important. Dare I say, prayer is vital for you and I to not just survive here on earth, but to thrive. Come on, how many guys don't want to just survive? Like you, you just want, you want to thrive. I got three people who think, like we, we, want, to, we want to thrive, right? I actually think the theologian, um, Sir MC Hammer said it best when he said, you got to pray just to make it today. Come on. Like I think there's truth in that, y'all. Y'all like, wait, what happened? <laughs> You'll get it when you're at Applebee's. Um, <laughs> there, there's truth in that statement, man. Like, we got to pray just to make it today. Like, we got like we to thrive. Like, to, in order to pray, like, we got, like, it, in order to thrive, we got to learn to just create this, this consistency, this lifestyle of prayer between us us and God. So prayer in its simplest form, in its very simplest form, in most basic form, is this, conversing with God. That's all it is. I know sometimes, like, when, when, like, whenever I'm praying with my kids, and I'm like, all right, baby girl, like my daughter, I'm like, baby, will you pray? She's like, I don't know how to pray. I'm like, it's just like communicating with God. Like, all you're doing is talking with God. You're just, it, it's a time for communication. And listen, like communication in any relationship is the building block for it to grow. I think it's very easy for some of us in some seasons in our life, like we're like, God, I want to grow in my faith in you. I'll see you next year. <laughs> like, uh, right? And then like at the end of the year, we're like, oh, I'm still at the same place. I'm still, oh, what's going on? It's, well, communication is the building block to any relationship. So like we got to build a consistency with this. And so as we begin our 21-day journey, along with the daily devotional, uh, I want to give you three things that you can daily communicate with God. And it's found in the Gospel of John chapter 17. John chapter 17. Uh, this is what we're about to read. It's, it's during that time when Jesus and, and his crew, they're sitting back. It's the Last Supper. They just ate a nice dinner, and, and they're, they're kicking back. And, and all of a sudden, Scripture says in John chapter 17 that, like, like Jesus is teaching, and all of a sudden he looks up and he begins to pray. Like, how awkward is that, right? Like, he's sitting at a table with someone, and then all of a sudden they're talking, and they just, like, I don't know. I read it, and I'm like, hey, this would be weird, but 
Jesus is doing it, and he begins to pray, okay? He, he begins to pray, and then we get to verse 11, and, and G, or excuse me, verse 6, and all of a sudden, Jesus, he, he, he starts to focus his prayer towards the discipleship. Like, so all of a sudden, Jesus begins to pray for his disciples, and so I'm reading this, and I'm like, yo, like, if this is what Jesus is praying for his disciples, like, I should probably pray that for myself, too. Like, if anyone knows what to pray for, it should be Jesus. And so what we're going to do, we're going to look at uh, verse 6 through 20, and we're going to pull, I'm going to pull out three things that, that three things that we can pray for uh, together uh, daily, and, and it's just going to be, I think it's going to be a great time. So three daily prayer points from Jesus. We're John chapter 17 and verse 6, and it says this. I have revealed you, you being God, to the ones, disciples, that you have given me from this world. They were always yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. I now know, I now, they, what? Oh, now they know that everything I have is a gift from you. Let's read that one more time because it felt a little Dr. Susie. <laughs> like I got tongue twisted. I got tongue twisted. Uh, I have revealed you to the ones you gave me. From this world, they were always yours. You gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything I have is a gift from you. So the first prayer point, that daily prayer point that I, I want us to to jot down either, uh, is, is this, an acknowledgement of God's generosity. An acknowledgement of God's generosity. Listen to Jesus' phrasing. He's like, you were, like they were always yours. He says, you gave them to me. Like he, he says at the end, he says that everything I have is a gift from you. Like, Jesus is establishing the generosity of God the Father. Listen, we need to create a daily habit of acknowledging the generosity of God the Father. Like, we, we need to begin to create this, this daily habit of saying, God, I thank you for everything that I have. Well, John, I don't have much. I thank you for what I do have. Sometimes it feels like I don't have anything to be grateful for. But like we got to create this, this, this habit of acknowledging the generosity of God the Father. See, because when I forget to do that, I begin to believe that I am the source of my success. Has anyone ever done that? My hand's up. Like when I forget to acknowledge that God is so generous and that everything I have is because of him, I begin to think that my talent is the source of my success. I begin to think, of, well, it's because I worked so hard is the source of my success. Or, or like whatever it is, like it's, it's because of me. I am the source of my success. And we can get lost in this, this mindset of, of, of thinking that we are the source of our own success. But can I tell you nothing is further from the truth? Now listen, hard work is a thing, right? Like we all need to work hard. 
right? Like hard work is vital, but hard work means nothing if you don't have anything going through your lungs. Come on, somebody. And so, God, I will work hard at my job. God, I will work hard at my school, but at the end of the day, I'm only able to work hard because of your generosity. Come on, like, we got to begin to create this, this culture of genero- like of acknowledging the generosity of God in our lives. And so number one, the first thing when we start uh, prayer, the first daily thing to pray for is that we would just acknowledge uh, God's generosity, acknowledgement of God's generosity. Verse 11, um, it says this. Now I am departing from the world. This is Jesus. Now I'm departing from the world. They are staying in this world, but I am coming to you. So Jesus understands that his time on earth is coming to an end. He understands that everything, the whole point of him to come down to, to, to uh, take the place of your and my uh, place on the cross. Like He's like, I realize that my time here is about to end. And then he, he says, like in verse 11, he's like, He's like, I'm leaving, but they're staying. And it's almost as if he's a little bit concerned for them. It's, it's almost as if, as if he's like, hey, God, I know that I'm leaving, but um, I'm going, but they're staying. Uh, what are we going to do? <laughs> like, what, there's a problem. And watch this. Check this out. Verse, uh, continuation of verse 11. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Watch this. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so not one was lost except the one headed for destruction as the scripture foretold. He's referring to Jesus of course, Judas, did I say Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you guys are listening. That just makes my heart happy, and <laughs> so thank you. Um, so listen to Jesus' phrasing. He said that I protected them. He said, I'm leaving. Now I need you, you, to protect them. Here's, here's the second thing, second prayer point. Number two is acknowledgement of my vulnerability. Acknowledgement of my vulnerability. I protected them. I'm leaving now. So God, I need you to protect them. Now I gotta be honest. If I'm sitting there uh, as a disciple and I'm listening to what Jesus is saying, I'm starting to get a little offended here, right? Like, just picture this. Just picture this. Here they are. They're sitting at their farmhouse table. They just finished a bone-in ribeye. Come on. me. Hey, shut up. It's my story. Medium rare. <laughs> Medium rare, right? Because there's no other way to eat a steak. And uh, so they just, they just finished a beautiful steak. Uh, Jesus just passed around this wonderful crunchy, flaky, crusted sourdough bread to break, to break off and to pass around. He just, he just poured them a, a nice glass of Cabernet 
or Welch's grape juice, right? Depending on how you were raised. And, um, and, and, and like they're just, they're just hanging out at this table and they're enjoying themselves. And Jesus is teaching them. And uh, all of a sudden he begins praying for them. And they're like, yeah, I want Jesus to pray for me. That's amazing. And so Jesus is praying that if, if I'm there, like as a disciple, I'm just, I'm just, I'm acknowledging. Yeah, that's a good one, Jesus. Come on. <laughs> like, amen, Jesus. Right? And then, like, I'd imagine, like, Jesus, as he's praying, all of a sudden he's like, uh, he's like, God, I protected them. And they're like, it. I'm leaving. God, they need your protection. They can't do this without you. Like, if I'm Peter, I'm like, hey, hold up. Like, protection? Like, I'm kind of good. Like, I don't need protection. In fact, uh, if you're here this morning, when I say the second point is acknowledgement of my vulnerability, some of you may have even cringed a little bit because nobody wants to be vulnerable. In fact, everybody wants to feel like they're not vulnerable to anything. Like, I'm tough, John. You don't understand. Mm. I got tattoos everywhere, right? Like, I don't know. Like, whenever I see someone's tattoos, I'm like, don't mess with them. I don't know. Like, I don't even know if that's true. I don't. Is it true? Okay, yeah. So right after church, I'm <laughs> tattoos it is. And so, so uh, like, like this idea, like, they're, they're sitting there and Jesus is like, protect him. I'm like, I don't need protection. I don't want to be vulnerable. Like I'm a black belt in karate. I don't need you. I don't need protection. I don't need help. I'm good. And uh, as, as, as I'm reading this, I'm thinking like, because I can get lost in this idea of, I don't want to be vulnerable. Like, I don't, I don't want you to know that I'm weak. Like, I don't want you to know that, that sometimes my mind strays in ways that it shouldn't. Or my heart strays in ways that it shouldn't. Like, I don't want to be vulnerable with you. And so, like, I put on this front. And maybe you can relate with me or I'll just stand up here by myself vulnerable. <laughs> Like maybe you, you just, you, you, you can understand what I'm saying. Like you can relate to this idea of like, I don't want to be vulnerable. And Jesus is like, God, protect them. They need your protection. And here's why I think this is such a vital prayer that Jesus prayed. It's it, because Jesus in this moment, I don't think he's necessarily talking about a physical protection. I don't think he necessarily is like, hey, they need, God, send bodyguards. <laughs> they need bodyguards. Like, I think what Jesus is referring to is something deeper. It's something way beyond flesh and blood. See, I think, in, I think Jesus is, 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 is saying like, hey, God, they need protection in their mind. God, they need protection in their heart. God, they need protection in what they hear. See, because we could be as tough as we want on the outside, but everybody's mind is vulnerable. Everybody's heart is vulnerable. 
And, God, and Jesus is like, God, protect them, protect their mind. God, like, protect, protect the things that they're thinking. How many guys can use some protection over your thoughts? God, you, got, you, you need to protect them. See, because for some of us, we've grown up. And, and with, with person after person just telling us just lies about who we are, what we look like, what, like, and they, they begin to, like, we can begin to believe those lies in our mind. Like, if we allow, like, we can begin to believe this idea, like, I'm not good enough for anything. I'm always a mess up. I'm always a screw up. And it begins to play in our head. But God, I need your protection over my mind. I need your protection over my heart. I can't do this without you. Can I just tell you this morning, like, we can't do this without him. Like, we need him. We need God to help us. I need God to help me. And so we're looking at Three prayer points that Jesus made. The first one is an acknowledgement of God's generosity. Second one is acknowledgement of my vulnerability. Verse 22. Wait, let me just say this. I didn't put this in my notes. Or I put this in my notes and I didn't say it. Um, that we need to get in this consistent place of acknowledging our vulnerability. Because as soon as I think that I can do it on my own, my faith in God becomes a luxury rather than a lifeline. See, there are moments and seasons of my life where my faith in God seems like a luxury. You know what happens with luxuries? You're like, ah, I could live with or without him. I'd rather live with her, but like, I could, you know, it's a luxury. No, man, like, God, like, he's not my luxury. He's my lifeline. Like, if, if I'm removed from his presence, from, like, I'm done. So let's keep reading verse 22. Again, this is Jesus' prayer. He says, I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they, may they experience such perfect unity that the world would know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. So here's the third and final one. An acknowledgement that God's in control. An acknowledgement that God is in control. So we're saying, God, thank you for your generosity. God, I can't do this without you. I'm acknowledging my vulnerability. And then, God, I'm acknowledging that you're in control. What we see in these two verses, verse 22 and 23, is a relinquishing of control that Jesus had to God. He said, he said uh, God, you gave me. God, you sent me. It's... Jesus is modeling this idea in front of his disciples that, that God, you are in control. God, you're in control. 
And this is important because defining who's in control is important because control defines alignment. Control defines alignment. So who I allow to control me will determine what I'm aligned with. So if my wife or my, yeah, I will just use wife. If my wife controls me, I'm in line, aligned with her. Right? If, if my job controls me, I'm aligned with my job. Nothing else matters. I'm just, right? This, this like, whatever controls me, I become aligned with. And, and so, so I, have to, I have to get to this place where I'm, I'm daily acknowledging, God, you are in control. Because when I verbally express God your control, that does something in here and in here that, that helps me to remember that that's what I'm aligning to. God, you're in control, so I'm aligned with you. God, you're in control. So, so, so my thoughts and, and my actions and my words, like they're aligned with you right now because you're in control. Like we have to make this verbal declaration of who's in control over our lives. Who is in control of our lives? See, that's why the conviction of sin is actually so important. Is, is because... Sin reveals misalignment. Sin reveals misalignment. The, the, that word sin, it's a Hebrew, in the Hebrew, it, it, it's an it's a, um, archery term, a military archery term. And it literally means to miss the mark. And, and so, so like when, when I am, when, when, when sin is evident in my life, when G, let me let me back up. When Jesus is in is in control, and I'm aligned with Him, okay, all of a sudden He becomes my target. He becomes everything that I'm trying to be like. G, like He, like all of a sudden Jesus is my model of what I want to to think like, to act like to talk like, all, like Jesus is my target. Are you guys with me so far? And sin, right, missing the mark, when Jesus is my target, like sin helps to, to help, helps me to acknowledge when I'm misaligned. Did I say that right, Pastor Paul? Okay. <laughs> like, like sit, and, and, and so the way that it works is that when, when I am convicted with sin, it helps me to like, to understand like, hey, John, you're veering. I got to get back on target because that's my target. Jesus is my target. But when, when I am not aligned when I, when I don't make, have an alignment with who God is, I'm just going everywhere. I'm just like, oh, this hookup looks fun. Hello. When, when I'm just going anywhere and I don't have any conviction in my heart, whoo, I feel like getting drunk tonight. Yes. That one was too close to home. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not sorry. Hey, it's in the Bible, man. It's, get mad at God. And, uh, and, and so like, like, like Jesus is my target. Jesus is my target. And when I align myself with him, all of a sudden, boom, that's where I'm headed. I'm headed to Jesus. I'm headed to think, act, talk like Jesus. And I just keep going. But there are times in my life where I mess up. There are times in my life when I begin to veer. And in that moment, I have a choice. John, what do you want to do? Do you want to realign or do you want to keep going? And here's where the grace of God comes in. No matter how much you're misaligning, God has given you so much grace to say, I want to get back on track. I want to align myself back up to you, to the target. God, you're in control. You're in control. God, I want to align myself with you. Come on, so as we kick off our 21 days of prayer, three things, for at least for the next 21 days, along with our daily devotion, three things that I'm asking is that you would just acknowledge the generosity of God. You would acknowledge your vulnerability. And you would acknowledge that he's in control. And so it would sound something like this. Let's just bow our heads and we're just going to try, try this out. God, I thank you for your generosity towards me. So for me specifically, God, I thank you for my kids. God, I thank you for my wife. God, I thank you for a roof over my head. God, I thank you for that chili dog I ate last night. Like, I would have way rather liked a steak, but God, that's food. And so I thank you for your generosity. And so that's what you do. You just, you just begin saying, thank you, God. Thank you for what I have. And then after that, we're, we're saying, God, I can't do this on my own. God, you've called me. God, I have a purpose. God, I, I like as, as a, God, as a, as a parent, as a, an employee, as a, as a, as a business owner, God, as, as a student, um, as a spouse, God, I can't be who I need to be without you. So God, right now, would you just guard my thoughts? God, I've had so many things in my life that, tell, that told me that I would never experience the joy that I am experiencing right now. God, and it's so easy for my thoughts to, to, go, to go negative. But God, right now, I thank you that you're guarding my mind. God, would you protect my heart? God, there's so many people that offend me. So many people that annoy me. 
God, I just, I'm so bitter. God, help protect me. Would you remove those, those emotions and feelings from my heart? God, I thank you. God, I can't do this without you. And then we're moving to, God, today I'm reminding myself that you are in control. God, I'm, this, this morning I am verbally reminding myself that you are in control. And today I am aligning myself with you. Holy Spirit, I thank you that, that when I, I begin to, to sway and to swerve, I thank you, Holy Spirit, when you convict me that I would listen, that I would be obedient. I thank you.